This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, and what a podcast we've got coming your way. We start with Man City's European ban from UEFA. Oh, what a surprise being lifted by the Court of Arbitration. You'll hear from the former City defender Danny Mills, who told White and Sawyer he said it was good for the competition. But we start with the news breaking on breakfast with Laura Woods and our reporter James Savindra. Breaking news on Talk Sport. James, thank you very much for joining us once again. What is the latest? The latest is, of course, we know in February, Man City were given a two-year ban from European competitions for a serious breach of UEFA's financial fair play rules. They took the appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, where a decision has been made to overturn Manchester City's European ban. The club will not miss out on the next two seasons of European competitions. Therefore, they will take part in next season's Champions League. They qualified at the weekend and their participation is kept for next two seasons, if they qualify in two seasons' time, that is. Casas said Man City did not disguise equity funding as sponsorship contributions, but they did fail to cooperate with the UEFA authorities' CAS decision. The decision of CAS, therefore, is the exclusion from participation in UEFA club competitions is lifted. The fine is reduced to €10 million. Euros. I think it's good for football. It's good for the Premier League. I think it's good for the Champions League. You, you know, you've got some of the best players in the world at Manchester City, you know, and, and they're getting better all the time. They might even go on to win the Champions League this season. How could you not have the holders of the Champions League in the Champions League mm. on, on thrown out on almost what is a technicality from six, seven years ago? Yeah, you know, whatever it might be. It just seems absolutely ridiculous. And, and I think it would have devalued the competition mm. a little bit because it, you know, like if Liverpool had won it this year without finishing the season, there would have been that asterisk. Imagine City win it this year and, you know, and, and they're not in it next year and whoever wins it next year, well, we won the Champions League but the holders weren't in it. So did we really win it? Now on TalkSport 2, Ben Fletcher spoke to Moed Ahmed, the sports editor of the Financial Times, to discuss Cash's ruling that Manchester City will no longer be banned from playing in Europe. One of the key phrases in, the, in what we've heard so far is that the decision, um, they, they've decided that to overturn the ban because some of the charges being brought um, against uh, Manchester City were time barred. There's a suggestion that basically um, because it's been five years since some of these alleged breaches took place, 
um, they, they they can't um, try and sanction them uh, because UEFA's own rule book says that after five years they can't sanction uh, any clubs. So there's been a lot of commentary today, really focusing in on this. Uh, uh, this is and whatever if if this is right, and we'll soon find out. Um, when we see the the full ruling, then it's UEFA really being not even understanding its own full, uh, rule book and um, and uh, not being able to implement its rules uh, because it, it, they're too complicated or they've just uh, allowed um, clubs like Manchester City to run out the clock effectively. Now, the sports bond will take calls after the Manchester United game where they played Southampton in the Premier League. Now, I'm recording this before the game even started. So here, of course, are lots of happy, oh, please let this be the case, Man United fans and unhappy Southampton fans. On the night, Man United beat them convincingly in the end and climbed to third in the Premier League. If, of course, that's the result that didn't happen, then pay no attention to what I've just said. Anyway, here's the calls from last night. Well, it's a leveller. United 2, Southampton 2. Six minutes into injury time. With five minutes are up and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer cuts a, a miserable figure in the dugout because Michael Obafemi, on as a substitute, has got on the end of the corner. United just switching off. Southampton had been applying the pressure. They had been going for it in the latter stages of this. Well, we, we felt we, uh, we did really well to, to turn the game around because they're a hard team to play against. But the two goals we scored were... Fantastic goals, great, uh, great football, uh, some uh, great finishing, and we just needed that third one, but we uh, we couldn't. We had maybe the best opportunities to score a goal, but they never gave us a second rest. Absolutely um, tremendous uh, work ethic and pressing, and so we never got the the rhythm in our play. Very proud of my players today. Um, you could always see that we are following our game plan. We only had ten minutes where we are a little bit. Uh, stop being brave and then you immediately see the quality of the opponent but the rest of the 90 minutes I must say we played a fantastic game and uh, yeah I think we really deserved this point today. I felt once Man United got into third I thought they'd stay there and do you know what I still think Man United will finish third I do I, I think it's fourth for Chelsea fourth for Leicester and I'm not counting Wolves out of it either even though that result there today is massive for every club for Leicester and Wolves because now say oh look that, that fourth spot all of a sudden isn't tied up I, th- I felt that United would get third and I thought I thought that would they would win the rest of their games and they'd be over the hills genuinely I thought that that goal changes everything that's massive that is that is massive now Laura Woods was joined on TalkSport Breakfast by Rangers legend Ali McCoy's Macca and the former Spurs and Aston Villa striker Darren Bent Benty the former Spurs defender Michael Dawson Dorso joined the show to look back on his former teammates win in the North London Derby Derby O Oh no, I don't need to do it there. We know what the Spurs face are like. When that place is rocking, there's no better place. <laughs> yeah. But when you come under criticism and you're not at it, they can, they can they can let you know. And what they've seen over the last three or four years, certainly before Jose came in, they were they were free flowing, and they love to see that. Look, they love to see excitement, and we're just not seeing that at the moment in time. Jose gets results, and he needed that result more than anything in North London Derby. The way Jose sets up, he's always going to let the opposition have the ball. It's not the way we've we've seen Spurs over recent years of being attacking, free flowing. Love watching them. Um, but since he's come in, it's retreat, everyone behind the ball, be hard to break down, and then they got the penalty. You see how, how disappointing they were at Sheffield United. 
not getting the, the win at Bournemouth that you everyone expected. So you come under criticism when it's like that. But then Jose can bring a result out like he did yesterday in the North London derby. We know what that means to, to the supporters and the football club and they badly needed it. And staying with Spurs, this fullback Ben Davies joined Goffey on drive yesterday afternoon off the back of that North London derby win for Tottenham. They spoke about the impact Jose's having on the squad. The pot, we very much had our style of play, and it was, and it was just, you know, the high press, high intensity, and we used to be able to run team. Now I think we're, we're a bit more tactical. We're a bit more aware of what we're coming up against, how we're gonna. We have a game plan for each game, and yeah, I don't think it, you know, in some games, it hasn't been exactly what we wanted, but everybody's buying into, to the skill set that Mourinho has, and like we all know that he's a top top manager. And he's, want everything is to win so us as players we've just got to put our trust in him and uh, and the results can follow Now of course I played no part in that interview because Goffey did it in the morning and it was only in the afternoon when I found out and they went yeah Goffey's already done an interview with Ben Davies I was like oh thanks very much so that's why we're putting this chat in this is me on drive time talking to Goffey and him reacting to England's defeat in the first test against the Windies although it's probably going to be old Goffey again isn't it The one player that's got to go, it's uh, Joe Denley. If you consider, yeah. there's since 2000, there's been 47 batsmen uh, who have played for England um, in at least 15 Test matches. I told this to Aid on Friday, and yeah. um, and he averages under 30, mate. He's 15 Tests. Um, he scored 18 and 29 this game. The other guys who have lower average were Jennings, who's made 200s in that time in 17 Tests in Milan played 15 tests and got 100. And then Nick Compton, who played 16 tests and got 200s. So Joe, Joe Denley, um, I scores 90. Um, and it's just not been good enough. 18 and 29, um, Joe Root comes into the side. Zach Crowley bats either three or four, where, wherever Joe wants to bat, whether he wants to bat at three or four. And the rest of the batting line stays for itself. Edge through to the keeper and he's walking off. And Josh Butler, it's eight from 10 deliveries. It's another innings that has come and gone for Joss Butler. Realistically, after South Africa, Joss probably thought his test career was over. They were going to go with folks, weren't they, in Sri Lanka? Um, they dropped Bairstow, though, and they kept Butler in the squad. Now, I think he's got two more test matches, Joss Butler. I hate to say because I think he's a tremendous talent and a nice guy mm. as well. But mm. you can't keep getting out when, when you need him to perform. And he's got to score more. He's so, for, for the talent he has, he's got to score more, batting at seven. Now, following his side ending Liverpool's run of 24 consecutive home league wins, Burnley manager Sean Dyche joined White and Sawyer. He took the chance to praise his keeper Nick Pope for his weekend performance, as well as defend the criticism of his club for not signing many foreign players. We've actually been questioning in the past about, you know, foreign players particularly. And I said, well, I'm at a club who lay down some pretty firm guidelines about what the, you know, what the realities are. And this is a, a club and a board and a, a chairman that don't want to be spending tens of millions of pounds on risks. Mm. So therefore, it's nothing to do with where the players are from. It's to do with the risk-averse nature of the board in getting players that they believe, or certainly I believe, can do the job. So therefore, we've often looked into players that we know. I found out information about... So say like Chris Wood, right? So Chris Wood was a good example. He'd been scoring goals, but he'd been a bit of a journeyman. He'd been around a few clubs. 
you know, and he'd done great at Leeds. Now, I rang back to, like, Stephen Reid, who was a close friend of mine, and I mm. played with him, and he'd, he'd been at West Brom as a player with him. So I was getting information on Chris Wood from when he was 18. Yeah. All the way through. Westy, I knew the education guy at Villa. I was checking him out as a person, not just a player. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that with foreign players, but it's more difficult. Of course you know, it is. Our, our, our kind of roots in football have been British-based, me and my staff. So we've known loads of people. I've been in the game since I was 16. So I know loads of coaches, loads of players, varying people and levels and jobs. And I can get a lot of information on these players. And I've just always thought, you know, ironically, I, I, I might have said this to you before, but I get that one. You always sign players with a good attitude. Who wouldn't want a player with a good attitude? Mm. Why, why, why? It's almost yeah. like a, a damning thing. Salah looking for Mane with his back to goal, trying to make space to turn and shoot. Another brilliant save from Pope. Flying to his right this time. And a one-handed save to put it behind for a corner kick to Liverpool. Pope is single-handedly keeping the score down. He's improving all the time. I mean, I think we've been good with that with the team, actually. So they all rub off on each other in their own ways. You know, some are very vocal, of course. Some are quite calm. I mean, Ben Mee's more calm. But he's Vogatarki's growing all the time into that sort of leadership feel. Westy's got it in him, Corky, you know, these guys, different ways of doing it. And Pope has got his version of it, but his voice is getting stronger all the time. He's getting more and more dominant. And trust me, he's a monster. And when you hear him, shout keepers, you get out of the way. Chelsea look to bounce back from their defeat to Sheffield United. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just looking at the next league. <laughs> Come on, Andy, be professional. Okay. <clears throat> now, Chelsea look to bounce back from their defeat to Sheffield United at the weekend when they face already relegated Norwich live on TalkSport tonight from 8pm. Oh, imagine if they lost that. Anyway, speaking ahead of the game, manager Frank Lampard has told TalkSport's Ian Abrahams that his side didn't deserve anything from their previous defeat and they need to put in a much better performance against Norwich. Come on, Norwich, please get this one. I think I would have been lying to the players and to the outside world if I'd have claimed that we deserved something out of the game. If I'd have claimed that we looked as strong or as physical or as, had as much desire on the day and those non-negotiables are not acceptable. Um, I didn't hang on that with the players I'm dwelling on it. I thought the main th- feeling for me of it was the, the positive nature of how we come out of it. And I felt that very quickly after the game because of where we're at. A lot of people didn't expect us to be here. I'm not going to hang on one game against a very good team, which we didn't perform anywhere near how we should. I'll concentrate on can we perform for Norwich in the games ahead. My other question is is sort of two parts. One, because Norwich are now relegated, do you see them as a wounded animal? And two, the home record, unlike earlier in the season, actually recently, before lockdown and since, has been good. You've beaten... It's a big size, Liverpool in the Cup and in the league, Spurs obviously the game I was at recently, Man City. I always get fear for the momentum, I was saying that before Sheffield United and I think Sheffield United almost proved me right, not that I liked it, but if you don't turn up or don't perform, it doesn't matter what momentum you feel you have. So um, there was a good example of for us uh, in one way, but having good home form recently is, is good for confidence. So we have to carry on with that and carry on from, from the Watford game in particular and, and the games you mentioned. Um, and with Norwich, we absolutely have to treat them with utmost respect. Wounded animal, whatever you want to call it. They have quality players. They play very well. A lot of games I've seen them this season, they can probably feel themselves unfortunate not to have got results. But, you know, that's the, the nature of the Premier League. But we'll certainly be uh, ex- expecting a very tough game. Now, of course, I don't know if you're aware, but it was the League One playoff final over on TalkSport 2 last night between Oxford and Wickham at an empty Wembley. Nothing to do with what's going on in the world. It was between, as I mentioned, Oxford and Wickham. Anyway, here's how it sounded. And Jacobson, he composes himself, addresses the ball, left-footed, drives it into the net, and Wickham Wanderers have the lead again. 
It's a penalty from Jacobson, which could mean oh so much. He walks around the back of a group of his players, flanked by long-time servant Adebayo Akinfenwa. They kiss the trophy and throw it into the air with a load of champagne, celebrating promotion to the championship for the first time, led by the wild thing. Gareth Ainsworth has once again made Wickham's heart sing. They are into the second tier of English football for the first time in their history. So many more important things in football. For my career, it just means that I get a chance to manage in the Championship, which is beyond my wildest dreams. I was lucky enough to play there for many years, but to manage there is going to be a, a, a whole new ball game. Excuse the pun. We're going to have to we're going to have to come up with some some good plans. We're not going to we're not going to spend millions. I know that we've spoke. I've spoke with the new owner Rob Currig already. This bunch of boys here will get their chance to be Championship players. And that, for them, is why they're still out there. That's why you can hear all that noise. That's why they work so hard today, because they're going to play. Now, this is Ali McCoyst on Breakfast on why he would love to see Leeds get to the Premier League. Bobby could play. I couldn't. But I was bloody good at stopping other people playing. <laughs> Which is as much a part of the game, actually, as actually being able to play. It would be the perfect tribute for, for Jack if the Legion United boys could carry on the way they seem to be going at this moment in time and they get themselves promoted back to the top flight. There's, n- there's no getting away from it. You know, we're, we're, certainly Legion United have been dealt you know, a triple blow with losing three former players of that quality and that standing at the football club. Under Bielsa, they've been, they've been ter- absolutely terrific you know, this year. Um, we all know, you know, they didn't quite make it last year, but it would be it would be perfect. And I must admit, um, I have got a little bit of a soft spot for Leeds United myself. Obviously, with the games we played them, just in a kind of champion to get into the Champions League. So I do, I really hope that uh, Leeds United return to the top flight. It would be perfect for those three gentlemen. It would be a great tribute for them all. Well, that's nearly it for another podcasty thing. A reminder, of course, you can download previous podcasts and future ones simply by going to ACAR, Spotify, or Apple Pods. Let me tell you about some football before I let you go. That's coming up live and exclusive on TalkSport this evening. At 5pm on TalkSport 2, you can hear commentary of West Brom against Fulham. Huge game in the Championship. As is Cardiff against Derby. That one live on TalkSport 2 from quarter to eight. And at quarter past eight, you can hear live exclusive national radio commentary on TalkSport of Chelsea against Norwich. Come on, the Canaries. And of course, I will be taking calls tonight from 10pm, but not alongside Jason Cundy, because he's doing the Chelsea game. So I don't know who I've got alongside. Why don't you tune in to find out from 10pm? And of course, we'll be taking your calls. That's it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.